I've got to say, Kev, um, this is the tiredest I've seen you look for a long, long time. <laughs> I'm exhausted. But you've just had the you've had a weekend in 45 degree heat shooting a wedding in France. Indeed, yeah, yeah. South of France, uh, Saturday, hottest day in France in like two million thousand years or something. <laughs> 45 degrees, yeah. um, hot, yeah. hot, hot. Bride fainted halfway through no. the ceremony. No way, really. Yeah. Um, what what happened? Oh, she fainted. Well, but. Yeah, it was just hot. Like it was proper. I've never. I like heat. You know me. I yeah, you know I like yeah. to lie by a pool with a San Miguel, and uh, it doesn't matter how hot it gets. I like it. Um, point my belly at the sun, and you know sometimes has sometimes has different effects on tidal patterns. But there you go. And uh, yeah, but even this, I mean, for me, it was just it was it was hot. Well, you do you do like photographing these weddings in exotic locations. You always seem to be somewhere very sunny. But I suppose the good news is that at some stage, Brexit means Brexit, and you won't be allowed to go anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'll uh, be scuppered. I, I kind of hope that won't happen. But yeah, I think it's too late now. Um, yes, absolutely. So um, yeah, France, South France border. Honestly, oh, and the other thing was yeah. when we arrived on Friday afternoon. When I arrived on Friday afternoon, EasyJet Bristol to Bordeaux. Perfect, oh, you had a yeah, perfect flight. Yeah. you know, nice yeah. and early. Yeah. Um, uh, and we got there, and then the pilot said, uh, "Appreciate it's really hot." At this point, it was like forty-two degrees in the afternoon. Not in the plane though. They've got no, air no, no, no. The plane. Yeah, yeah, but not when the engines stop. It all goes off, doesn't it? No, they have the um, the the uh, what's it called? The APU or um, the, that's the smoke, auxiliary power the unit. Smoke the smoke that comes out of the um, the bit, bit, bit of the back is the auxiliary power, yeah, power thing yeah, that, but this, that still fires up the... Don't forget this is EasyJet. They haven't charged us for auxiliary right. power. So, <laughs> yeah, but the plane has it. We get there. Whether you like it or not. We get there. He switches the engines off and then he says, um, uh, there's a little bit of a problem in that we can't we can't disembark um, because the police want to wait <gasps> to... Yeah, uh, they would heard you were coming. To, to help us all off for some reason. He didn't know. The pilot didn't know why. So at this point, there was two armed policemen at the bottom of the steps. Mm. And then the pilot came on about 20 minutes later and he said, there's been another little bit of a problem in that the police can't actually come to the plane right now because the Bordeaux airport has been evacuated because of a uh, an incident because of a picnic <laughs> so um, we were all sat there on this plane for like two hours just waiting and waiting and waiting and then these police came with their big guns and um, at oh. one point I, I didn't really get worried about it, but at one point I was a little bit nervous when the, the fuel tanker came along to fill up the plane next to us mm. <laughs> and the policeman run over to him, waving his arms, uh, "Allez, allez, allez!" Get, getting this fuel tanker out of the way. And I was thinking, "Hmm, why would he? What, what's yeah, the difficulty mind, yeah. of this big tank of then, fuel and an, an evacuation?" Yeah. And or maybe they just knew about your flatulence problem. Anyway, we got there. It was hot. Well, you're back in one piece. The Fuji cast, if not a little bit tired, just. Um, welcome to episode number 21 this week. Thank you to our friends at Simpler Straps for letting us give away a simpler camera strap each to our favourite email questions of the week. Great thing about Simpler, S-I-M-P-L-R, by the way, is that they're proportioned and made for smaller pro-grade cameras, so they're perfect for people like us. Max function, minimal build. I like to think of myself a little bit like that. I think <laughs> sometimes I think it's the other way around, though. Um, there are your questions about anything Fujifilm or photography related technical artistic business and personal so on uh, if you go to click at Fuji or, or rather if you send an email to click at fujicast.co.uk uh, we'll get your questions our self-indulgent minute is back and today we're going to hear from Dennis Berti Eluso do you know what Eluso means in Italiano? Mm, no it's luxury 
He's oh. a luxury man. Although he's a photojournalist, he's not 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 an art, uh, one of those fine art photographers. So uh, Dennis Bertie is. On I, the, think the I, I think I met him. I met him. FDR, I think. FDF in Argentina. FDF, rather. I think so. Yeah. In Argentina, not the Spanish one. No, I think in Argentina. I did Seville and I did Buenos Aires, Cordoba. Right. Mm. Very nice. So, um, yeah, he's on. He's on the show. We'll get to your questions in a moment. First of all, I want to pass you something across the desk here. Look, you know, everybody does unboxings. Now, I've kind of unboxed it because because it was addressed to me. But I thought I'd sort of I'd put it all back in its packaging. <laughs> and, and there we go. What is it? It was a little present that came into the show. We, we the mailbag has been is oh. been full, and there was a present as well. Look at this. You'll like this. Steve Brand. Neil and Kevin, my, uh, I think my communication with you guys over the last few days might be a little over the top. However, I was tinkering with my printing technology after listening to yesterday's podcast, and it occurred to me that it would be a bit of fun creating the enclosed. Mm. You can gift them back to listeners if you wish. No uh, way. I haven't opened it yet, so I don't know. I'll, <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, no. I'll, I'll, I'll defer that decision. I know they are not creative masterpieces. That being said, you might like to start creating your own Fujicast merch. Merch. Best Steve Brand. Ooh, this is exciting. Yeah, look. Oh, look at that. I thought they were great. <laughs> ah. Awesome. Sorry to break in, but following a listener complaint on 23rd of April 2020, it was noted that Kevin Mullins at this point had used the word awesome, an Instagram influencer's expression to describe merchandise or anything usually very benign in life, like having an ice cream, buying tat, or answering a question without usually listening to what's being said. It's noted that awesome, as an adjective, should really only be used to describe something that is extremely impressive, daunting, or something that inspires awe. In this respect, we've decided to remove the word awesome from this episode. It should be noted that the power of an ocean is awesome. The destructive wild forces of a tornado can be awesome. The thrust required to push a space shuttle into space was, indeed, awesome. Merchandise, whilst pleasant to wear or sport, is of course not awesome. And we thank Lars Hegard for bringing this to our attention. We now return you to the show and hope that the lost A word will not take too much context or enjoyment from an otherwise super gift sent in by one of our favourite listeners. See, usually only YouTubers have stuff like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, this is much better than YouTube. This is great. I mean, you can't obviously see this, dear listener. I'll describe it for you. It's a mug. And it says the Fujicast, Kevin Mullins, Neil James. Don't forget the social in social media. Absolutely. <laughs> See? Brilliant. Oh, that's amazing. So thank you very, very much for that. The other thing we got in the mailbag this week was um, a letter to the show from HM Revenue and Customs. Ah, nice. <laughs> yeah, okay, we'll put that one over in the corner. There was an invitation to be involved in the, the Ipsos Mori research on Brexit. And they, they like to know how we are both actually preparing ourselves for a no-deal Brexit. Have you got a plan in, in place? Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a really nice big hole in my garden. <laughs> I'm just going to jump in it. <laughs> have you not written a policy? We're supposed to have written a policy. Are we? Yeah. Um, I've written my policy. Would you like to hear my policy? Yeah. I'll scream and scream and scream until I'm sick. There we go. Official. <laughs> I do think actually I've written it down when were, and I'm sending it to them when a plane was stuck on the runway I did think that it was they'd probably just do that to all British planes <laughs> at the moment <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> right. great those cups those mugs thank you thank very you, much Steve. Yeah. Steve that was very very kind of you um, for, for, the, for the gift very much yeah. appreciated don't good forget idea with the social in social media and, uh, I like that merch yeah. is a good idea yeah. Um, are you launching or am I launching? Uh, I'll go for it. Go on, um, so this one is from 
Ali Stewart from Dundee. Right. Good old Ali. Uh, hi, Neil and Kevin. Great podcast last week. I love how you have such uh, varied chats each week, and it is not too gear-centred. My question is, uh, and in brackets, I'd like to enter to win a ticket to the Fuji X conference in Bath. You're in. Okay, you're in the hat. Mm. Um, tickets are selling fast, by the way, everybody. Do not leave it until November, because I don't think there will be any left. These days, every ph- photographer is now a brand, and so many photographers now have a very distinctive look to their website and social media presence. But what if they offer more than one style or gene- genre ah, of photography? Yes. For instance, I shoot documentary weddings and families, but I also shoot newborns in my studio. I always find it really funny when people say, I shoot newborns. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just, children have been shot this comes week. across very badly <laughs> and they, they have a very different look after yeah. they've been shot definitely <laughs> uh, how would you how would you just, uh, suggest combining more than one genre under one brand uh, to look like you're a master or, of two or three styles like looking mm. like a jack of all trades um, well you actually do this somehow, I do, yeah. so yeah. go for yeah. it you answer well I, I have quite a few websites actually so uh, here we go here come all the URLs so for my commercial work, I have breathepictures.com. Now, that also covers the additional podcasts that I do. And the reason for that, although it does have a link to um, weddings, um, the whole point of that site is that it's for people. So I've, I've possibly got a job with Nice. But now, if I showed them wedding work, can you imagine what they'd, they'd say? They'd, they'd scream and run for the hills. Is this audio work with No, this is uh, photography work, oh. which is quite interesting because it could be airside. Oh, my God, that's amazing. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm even supposed to mention it, because the, the guy that's offering this opportunity <laughs> actually listens to this podcast. Um, so I hope he doesn't mind. I, it's not a foregone conclusion by by any means. But what it, do, what it does say is that, um, just like the stuff, you will see on there there's some work with Arsenal, the Emirates. Yeah. Um, there's a, uh, a homeware depot store, an Australian one. Um so, but I couldn't if I showed them wedding work. No, 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 it no. just wouldn't work. Yeah. So there's that. There's the the website for um, for wedding photography, neiljames.com. There there is some portrait work on there. But, so how do you separate? Because at one point you did have a mm. quite a thriving little portrait business. Yeah. And did you separate that out? I suppose is Ali's question. Did you separate mm, it out from? Brief, no, uh, from no. I thought that actually. I thought the two worked okay. I think if you're shooting weddings, you can shoot, shoot portraits and show the two on there. Yeah, yeah. I think. What, I mean, if I was doing a headshot site uh, yeah. now, now I would have a separate thing altogether. Right. Definitely. I think what I would do is um, use your website creatively. So have it and it's very easy to do on um, Squarespace and WordPress I'm not sure what website you use Ali um, but have a uh, for example actually this is a perfect example on my website I have my, my regular website and I have a, a menu item that says family right. and you click on that and all my family photography stuff is in there yeah. all my day and life stuff yeah. all my everything else is just in there and so none of that makes it to the homepage none of that makes it to the primary blog if I blog something and I mark it as family photography it only appears in that part of my website so yeah. it's 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 to do with category management on your website Ali so you could do it that way um, alternatively you know then you, you you then that introduces the the, uh, the threat really of people arriving at your website not seeing the baby pictures mm. because they're only going to see the wedding stuff mm. so then you have to redirect them to a specific part of your website or just have two sites yeah, yeah the, I mean the jack of all trades thing um, I used to definitely advise against having a website that was a jack of all trades but you'd be amazed the amount of opportunities that do spring up 
that um, that if you do have a jack of all trades, and I, I speak with some experience of a friend of mine in this town here who has a jack of all trades website and does very very well for himself. Mm. Um, and and it might be something that I think the the environment, the business environment, has changed a lot over the last decade. Mm. A decade ago, I would not have had a had a jack of all trades site. But today, mm. I might consider it mm. if I was starting afresh. Yeah, I mean, I'm still I'm still in the embryonic stages of setting up my kind of um, film commercial website, which will be separate to my my main website. I think that's important. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I, I obviously have my voiceover ones as well. Um, which, uh, funny enough, another listener wrote to us um, this week to. Um, uh, can I just press a button there because my screen wants to go off? Don't do that. Is it an Apple? No, it's Windows. <laughs> See, there we go. It's I a win- do not believe it. It is a Windows machine. It's a Windows monitor. Um, where were uh, Yeah, um, an Australian guy who said, uh, can you do uh, an advert, an Australian radio for my photography business? I thought, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure how that, that'll go, but that came through the voiceover site. Can you do an advert for, oh, for his photography yeah, business? Yeah, yeah, Not for your photography no, business? No, 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 no. Right, okay, cool. Speaking in Australian. Oh, I'm, I'm on flu- Aust- I'm Australian radio? In, in Australian. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that'd be ace. I'd love to listen to that. <laughs> anyway, look, Nick Hart, thank you for your question as well. Chaps, the last two episodes with the theme, the, the other half, have been such a good listen, so insightful and sincere. I'm enjoying listening to all the episodes, but wanted to thank you and the other half, so these two in particular. I know it's not so much a question, actually, but um, I had a couple of people that responded, well, more than a couple that responded, favorably to that and I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it did you um did you enjoy, did you enjoy what your wife had to say mm-hmm. now that we're able to talk about it and we've heard the episodes yeah and of course it was a couple of weeks ago now for the listeners but yeah I, it was um <laughs> it was really I, I was really really proud of Gemma actually yeah. she did really well and I know she was really nervous and stuff and and Rosa and Albie listened to it and everything and uh, all her friends listened to but it Gemma, Gemma uh, said some rude words I know yeah and the kids were listening yeah they're, they're kind of used to it yeah so so uh, yeah, I, I thought it was great, and um, we had we had a lot of really good feedback about that. Yeah. Really good feedback. Uh, I thought it was really interesting. Experience. So you weren't surprised by anything, or um, no, not, no, not 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 that I can recall. No, I mean, I, I, I like the fact that you always get her a moment of weakness when when uh, she's carrying child yeah. to, to ask her these important th- that's, life things like getting a new job or buying yeah, a BMW. That's right. If you want a really new flashy car. <laughs> Yeah. get pregnant and then when and the, then ask then wife. ask yeah 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 uh, no actually I never did get the BMW anyway so did you not no oh, we ended up with a Kia well that's that's not a bad thing so. right I, I'll do the question though and Andy Parslow um, hi chats been listening to the show um, since the very first one love it been a photographer for a long time now recently started a documentary wedding and family photography business with another photographer and long time friend as a newcomer to the industry I find the advice you you guys give valuable so Neil mentioned last week about approaching venues to get yourself out there at the beginning and was wondering how that process works and whether it's a good way of getting bookings it's something I've thought about uh, doing but didn't know um, one how to go about it or two of it's something that's frowned upon so um, I don't think it's f- frowned upon I don't know why it would be frowned upon I, I think if you're suggesting that that uh, venues would think oh you're a newbie why are you approaching us I yeah may, maybe there are, there are some less charitable um, planners or coordinators at venues that, that might feel like that but I don't know I, th- I think it's all about how much you're prepared to offer them in return for what they offer you i.e if you you know there's there's a guy that's just muscled into a local venue i work a lot at and uh, he does all the uh, the portraits for all the staff he does their family portraits 
He goes up there, does estate photography all the time. And undoubtedly, that's going to help him, isn't it, when it comes to planners showing people around a coordinators showing people around their venue yeah it it is going to help him but at the same time is that return on investment worthwhile well that was the next but i was going to come to that seems to me like an awful lot of work yeah um if you're doing there's a lot of staff there if you're if you're prepared to do all their portraits and turn up and do all the events as well and all that kind of stuff for a couple of weddings Mm, yeah you you want to be hoping that you're going to get a dozen or half a dozen to a dozen weddings maybe more yeah yeah Mm, so I, 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 it's a balanced thing, isn't it? It is a balanced thing, absolutely. But, but you're right; you hit the nail on the head then when you said, you know, it depends what you give them in return. Because mm. the, you know, they, there's no what, no venue is just going to accept an email and think, oh yeah, I've never heard of this guy before. We'll put him on our preferred yeah. supplier list. Yeah. You know, you, the chances are you probably will have needed to have shot there, or you need to even even if you haven't shot there or anything, you know, just go and meet them. Just go and arrange an appointment. Just say, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a local photographer. Can I come and have a chat? You know. And, and they, yeah. they'll understand why yeah. you want to come but then you know you can't you can't just kind of um what's the word whiteboard no not whiteboard i'm still tired uh, <laughs> what is it when you a, just uh you, you fly pitching or no when you just throw enough mud at the wall some will stick is that the one yeah you're, that's it yeah. whiteboarding same thing right, whiteboarding <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i mean 15 years ago to be honest andy when <laughs> when i first started approaching venues and it fueled my business right off the bat it was a very different industry. There were not so many wedding photographers around. There certainly weren't many approaching venues. And um, it's different now. Everybody, it seems, is approaching, everybody is approaching venues. And, and that is, you know, a, a, a route to them, um, obviously, their, their marketing route to getting business. And a lot of the venues charge, which yeah, I do. think is fair they enough. Do. It's commission now. I have a couple of venues that I, well, I wouldn't say I work with them very often, but, they, you know, I'm on their books. And uh, they, interestingly, they approached me rather than I approached them. But it's the right way around. That's yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. But uh, you know, it's based on a if we send you a lead and they book, you will give us I don't know what it was like ten percent or something yeah. of the booking fee. Um, I think that's fair enough, frankly. Because you, you work with planners as well, don't you? I is do, that, but is I that a good route? I don't have any uh, financial agreements with the planners because right. the planners will basically make their commission off the couple. Yeah. Um, so they will, you know, they might have a uh, photographer's finding fee or something like that yeah, on, yeah. as part of their package. Um, and and so I don't, I don't have any formal relationships with planners. I don't, I, you know. It's but not, do you write to them? Have you no, ever written to them? No. Would that be another route for Andy? Possibly. Or, or is that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, with planners, there is a lot of them, you mm. know, uh, and a lot of them. It's a bit like the photographers themselves. There's there's a lot of planners at the low end of the market and a lot at the high end of the market, mm. and you know, a lot in the middle. And, you know, they will all have a, a bucket load of emails and a bucket load of business to get through and everything. And, you know, you've got – I suppose the thing to do is is try not to make it appear like spam. Yeah. I mean, how many emails today have you had that you just deleted? Cause, and perhaps just by reading the title because you just thought, no, I'm not interested. You know, I've had loads. Yeah. Uh, just delete them. And so if you can – You're you can such make a popular it, man. And, honestly, <laughs> the amount of spam is, is just ridiculous. Um, so, you know, you just get rid of it all and – that's that's what they would do i suppose so, so well i think andy it's a good idea but yes. i think kevin is is correct in the way you approach him is the way that um is something you need to think a lot about go go present a portfolio and in much the same way if you were a fashion photographer talking to to um, to buyers of fashion um work um 
but that that's it's 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 harder than it used to be definitely harder than it used to be that doesn't mean don't do it because i still do it but i, I always send a port for i always try and get a meeting for a, a portfolio don't send one sorry i didn't mean that to take a portfolio along okay simon picard um by the way we now have a facebook group oh yeah um we're both now anxiously looking at the screen because neither of us can remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the dark. I'm looking at the dark screen that's now the. the so uh, we have a Facebook the Windows group. one. I'm sure that if you just search for the FujiCast, two yeah. words. Uh, I'm going to do it. Yeah, do it. Um, Facebook the FujiCast. I'm not going to give a URL or anything, but I will put the link on the FujiCast website. Yeah. Um, and it's not going to be. It's basically a place for us and you to chill out, hang out, and uh, maybe ask questions we'll talk about the uh, we'll organize the brighton thing there and um yeah just stuff just stuff we have no real ambition for it just it's kind of a a, a label or medal for for because there's only two members it's you and me at the moment absolutely so we're waiting who's going to be the third who's going to be the first one okay first person in on monday gets a surprise (laughs) (laughs) we'll send Gem around (laughs) right Uh, we'll think of something okay so simon sorry simon I, i deviated hello neil and kevin i have a question about sd cards from episode 11 when kevin describes his workflow after finishing a wedding shoot the sd cards with the raw and raf files uh, sorry raw raf files uh, he safely deposits in the pouch on his belt etc and the next day in the studio he backs the files up to three different sources kevin do you then return those sd cards to the cameras and if so do you reformat them in camera before the next shoot from my reading of the xe3 handbook that seems to be a fujifilm recommendation looking forward to the next podcast thanks simon okay well there's two there's two strands to this question i'll answer it my way and then maybe neil have a different opinion uh yeah always format your cards in the camera you're going to use them always so and that actually is true even if you're using xt2 and x pro 2 for example so same sensor same gubbins same yeah. same fairies inside pedaling the engines but if you've got two x pro 2s it doesn't matter which one of the two you do them in does it shouldn't do but no. i always make sure i do it yeah oh, okay. just just as a double check i've never done that um but but actually you know i have actually used cards that i formatted in x pro 2 in my xt2 as well so oh, yeah. i'm sure i'm absolutely sure it would be fine but just to be on the same no, side what, what i meant was if you've got two say yeah. two xt3 bodies does it matter which one of the xt3 bodies you format the card it shouldn't should it Surely shouldn't not. it shouldn't no it Did, shouldn't it's just if you're changing flavors yeah it no. shouldn't but uh, yeah um so the other the other part of that question was um do i then reformat the cards and use them at the next wedding uh, and the answer is no so those cards go in a little pot in my um in my in a, in a um safe in my office right. and those cards are not used again until that wedding is fully edited oh right mm-hmm. how many cards do you have Ten thousand. <laughs> no i do have a lot um god sd cards are cheaper than cf yeah absolutely but but yeah i mean the thing is i shoot entire weddings now with on 32 gig cards mm. I don't need to change them that often. I mean, how many? Uh, even the you shoot, shoot raw. So, what are you changing three times per? No, per gig. No, I don't think. Right. I mean, uh, this French wedding I shot on the weekend. It was fifteen hours. I was there. Remember, mm. I lost about fifteen stone as well. Mm. Um, it's half I, the man he was I, last time. I actually shot that. I changed cards once, so oh, but okay. only in one camera. Right. So I went through two sets. Why do you stop so, at 32 gig? Well, some, no, no. some people feel a bit awkward about larger card sizes. No, no, no. So I, I, the reason, I was just going to uh, say that the reason why I didn't change in the other one was I was using 64 gig cards in that one. Okay. So, and I also have 128 gig cards. So if I think it's going to be a ridiculously big wedding, then, then I can do that. But ultimately what I have in, in my backup card, so I have two cards, two card slots in the cameras. Uh, the first card slot I'll either use 32 or 64 um, 
potentially 128 but i also have 256 gig cards which are the backup cards so those never get changed and i can get three four five six seven weddings on there and they never come out of the camera so the ones that i use the the raw the slots if you like they're the ones that then get put in the pot and uh, kept mm. until the wedding's done. So, you know, unless you're a ridiculous spray and prayer, 20,000 shots per wedding, you yeah. can get away with a few cards, and, yeah. and I think that's safe. Yeah. Um, I work a different way to that, but that, that's, that's yeah, that's just me. I, I like that way that um, I work in a similar way, funnily enough, to, to um, uh, who was it? it was, oh, it was Alistair Freeman, who mentioned that uh, often he downloads during the meal um, yeah. for, for a safety backup and... Which I do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't do that. Um, but That's if I'm not, not photographing in the kitchens. I always worry that if I take it out, it's gonna, I'm going to drop it down a drain or something. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, there is that. Um, Luke Warwick. Hi, gents. Let me start by saying that I love the podcast. find it really helpful. It's a great morale boost. Uh, now that soppy stuff's done, let's ask a few questions. One, after last Saturday's 30... Oh, this is playing right into your your area of expertise now. After last Saturday's 30-plus degrees, most photographers needing a shower halfway through the day. 30 degrees? Yeah. That, that was chilly. Luxury. <laughs> what do you wear? And on, on particularly hot days, um, what do you wear to keep cool? Have you ever worn shorts to an event mm. where, that, that you're photographing? I mean, he's specifically talking about wedding, but it could be any other event, mm-hmm. portraits, whatever. Mm-hmm. Probably wouldn't wear shorts. Ever. No, I do. I, actually, a lot of the sporting guys do wear shorts, don't they? Mm. Yeah. But to a wedding? Mm. No. I wouldn't. I know people that do. Uh, and interestingly, funny enough, I did have this conversation with a wedding planner on the weekend and uh, in France, and she was saying that there's this one guy out there that, that turns up in basically in um, what can only be described as speedos. <laughs> right. A wedding photographer. Um, but I suppose he keeps cool. But no, not me. I mean, I... Does he, he look good? He, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody look good I, um, speedos? I'm, I'm definitely a trousers and white shirt. So on Saturday, yeah. because I knew it was going to be ridiculously hot, I took three shirts with me and mm. I changed them. I, I did change them, yeah. um, which helps a lot. But I mean, this was a, this was extreme. People in their jack their jackets. I could have wrung water out of the bottom yeah. of people's waistcoats. It was it was just really hot. So on your average kind of thirty degree wedding, twenty five degree British wedding. Um, yeah, I mean, you can trousers. You can get loose, coolish trousers yeah. and a shirt. I just I don't wear a jacket or a tie or anything in those in that weather. That's the old it. MC Hammer trousers. That's it. Yeah. That'd be good, wouldn't they? Dun, 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 uh, dun, dun, n- dun. Number two. Any advice when it comes to insurance policies? Things to consider when taking out policies, such as uh, indemnity, public liability. Also, what do you, what do you, uh, what do you do about insurance cover? Should you ever become too ill to work? I like the question. I like. I like the come answer. Come on, come on, granddad. Get on with it. Put your teeth in. I, I like the answer that you gave a couple of weeks ago where you, where you asked the, uh, the clients back, well, what happens if you get ill? Yeah. Well, that was good. I did that last week to a, a, an inquiry. Um, yeah. She did, I asked the same thing. She didn't book. <laughs> didn't, didn't work. Doesn't always work. No. Well, yeah, I think indemnity and public liability, especially in this litigious age we're, we're now in, is probably a good thing. And of course, some venues, and going back to Andy's question of a moment ago, will not accept you as a supplier unless you have public liability oh. and, and all those sort of things. Five million tends to be the, the range. There is one venue I know of that, ten. that, that want ten. Yeah. Uh, honestly, you know, my, my honest-to-God attitude about this is if you are charging money for a wedding 
as a photographer and if you do not have full insurance then you have no place in the industry mm. get get yourself out you know do not cheat do not cheat the industry do not cheat your clients do not cheat anything else if you do not have backup equipment and insurance and you are photographing weddings you need to take a long hard look at yourself and tax by the way yeah i know this question wasn't about tax no 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 but um and i'm not implying of course that that um (laughs) he's saying that whatsoever because you know we we, you know we, we don't have any ideas but i know i i i speak to people you know who are full time wedding photographers and they see insurance as just an extra thing they don't need to pay yeah, for. Yeah. And that just makes me want to, you know, just turn around and walk away from them. I think that's that's unethical, unbusinesslike, dangerous, wrong and cheating. And also, what do you do about insurance cover should you become too ill to work? So, yeah, I, I have um, a policy in place that kicks in. Three months, I think, after my um, after I've become incapacitated, mm. I have uh, a three months grace period. This is a lovely conversation, isn't yeah. it? I have um, life insurance and critical illness yeah. cover and stuff like that, but I don't have lack of earnings. I used to have that when I had mm. a, like a, a regular income. Um, so now, in in the unfortunate situation that we hope we never get to, yeah. you know, kind of uh, if I'm if I'm too ill to work, then after I think whatever period of time, then we've got enough in the insurance to pay off the mortgage and, and well, that kind of Kev, stuff. It's not going to come to that. No, I, I know. At one not. stage, you were worth a fortune. I think if Gemma would have had you, you know, worth a fortune, pushed pushed, pushed pushed you out of a plane or something. No, yeah. Oh, Kev, sorry, I slipped. Yeah, oh, there he goes. <laughs> um, no, I certainly used to. Um, <laughs> but you've taken well, anyway, yourself I, off that now. I've already. Got, I had. Yeah. A, I had a first wife, remember, and um, and uh, yeah, things things went away. All right. So uh, <laughs> let's move on swiftly from that one. Absolutely. Um, Dennis Bertie uh, Eluso. Um, I spoke. Now you've you've um, you've met with uh, with Dennis. I think you worked you worked at FD, um, FDF. FDF. Yeah, FDF. I'm sure that it I was, love those conferences. By yeah, the way, you, you were lucky enough to do the Argentinian one. Yeah, oh, amazing. Yeah, a really really good conference. Uh, mm. If you are in South America or in Spain, and you want to go to a Spanish speaking <laughs> photography conference, <laughs> then FDF is your friend. Uh, Fordo do photographer. Uh, photography um, and uh, yeah I'm fairly sure that I met Dennis at one of these either in Seville or in Cordoba yeah I'm sure of it yeah anyway I do know his work very nice guy um, his work is superb you have to go and check his website as well we will of course put links to that um, this week it, it's um, it is about weddings yes but but equally Dennis is very quick to point out that actually he's a photographer of life and and not of weddings and I, I, I like his That's uh, nice. I like his approach and so this week I took some time out and uh, had a chat with uh, with Dennis, who is an Italian living in Mexico. So uh, it's always it's always a joy, as you know. My heart lifts a bit when when we manage to talk to people around the world, around the globe. And so this is this is Dennis Bertie. Dennis, thank you very very much for making time to talk to us on on the on the podcast. We very much appreciate it. A lot of credence. Um, is placed upon having a strong website and obviously the imagery has to talk and even shout about you but your design your website design is so different to a lot of sites i see out there this is this is obviously not a template site it translates perfectly on the phone as well even nudges me to rotate the screen tell me tell me about the site and and why you designed it the way you did we design we work i work with the website uh, with several like uh, collaborators around the world 
who helped me to to create the design, who helped me to develop the, the website with the, the features that I wanted. And I want to create a, a personal space for me where I can like host all my, my photos, my philosophy, my voice and everything as the same like a homogenic sentence, message that is say honest visual storytelling. So I was thinking after 40 years living in this world, which kind of photographer I am, what I want, what I want to achieve, what my goals are. So after a lot, very long time of introspection, I decided it was good to start again with a new chapter of my life and say, okay, now let's go serious because until a few years ago, I was just a destination wedding photographer, but now I don't identify myself as a wedding photographer. I identify myself as storytelling. I do wedding photography too, but it's just another thing that I do. So for me, my way to work is, uh, is exactly the same if I'm shooting a, a making of of a building, a, um, let's say, a hotel or family, a family like a day in your life with a family or a wedding or an event, I shoot exactly in the same way. So why I, I have to separate weddings from something else if I'm my philosophy and my voice say that I work in the same way? Does it make sense? No, it does. Are you, would you say you're primarily a wedding photographer or well, what's the kind of percentages of, of the work you, I know you don't like to label yourself as a wedding photographer, exactly, but, but in, exactly, terms of, exactly. in terms of the events and, and your life experiences and where you spend most of your time as a photographer where would that be well maybe it could be like the 60 70 percent of wedding okay because sometimes i receive inquiries or mail about some project some editorial uh, work for some magazine so people like my way to tell the story my my unique point of view so i'm open to every suggestions and every project i can work with so most is wedding also because where i'm based in uh, in Mexico, there is there are a lot of weddings here to shoot. So, primarily, I shoot wedding, but I shoot much more things. Sometimes things that I don't share because are like uh, more confidential, like uh, collaboration. So I can share some some photos. So most of the time, I just shoot weddings, and the rest is magic or will be unknown for people i noticed by the way you're not just dennis bertie you're dennis bertie deluso which means luxury deluso <laughs> luxury which is not like. al- not always a word associated with photojournalism isn't it Lu- luxury to me is not necessarily a word i i see as honesty and in- integrity i don't know why but i just i just don't but but you do you do don't you? yeah because Lu- deluso is is my my philosophy of life since when i was young when i was like a kid I was saying Diluso is my own like uh, town in Tuscany. Uh, Diluso is means uh, it's the same as every word in Italian. Diluso, but in Tuscany where I live, it's a much more like uh, okay, it's fine, everything's gonna be good. Oh yeah, it's, oh. it's just like a modism. <laughs> it's modest to say things. So that's why Diluso. I always say Diluso. I always said Diluso oh. entire my life. So many people know me as Diluso guy. So uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm right. I'm going to use that. Deluce. I'm not sure it works with a British man. Deluce. Though, does it? <laughs> I guess not. But it, it could be interesting to use it. 
your about page is like an art installation, Dennis. Um, uh, Above being one of those pages where you read the word awesome over and over again, there there are just eight words on the front of your about page. A music-dependent life-form washed-up sportsman. (laughs) So we're going to try and expand on that. So you're an Italian who moved to Mexico. Um, And I, I think that was for weddings, wasn't it? Because... After you arrived, I read you you shot something like five hundred weddings in five years. I mean, what what did your fellow Mexican wedding photographers make of the Italian who arrived and and pretty much ravaged their client list? Yeah, it's much more complicated. Maybe I need a bottle of tequila to tell the whole story. But more or less, it's something like when I was working on the cruise ship when I was young, and I discovered Mexico later in 2005. I felt in love with the, with the place, with people, and I started to shoot many weddings, which I still love. But the approach was completely different. But let's say that for me was necessary to shoot many weddings to understand who I really am, what I like to shoot, what I don't want that the people ask me to <laughs> for. So let's say that when I arrive in Mexico, I arrive with a perspective to, to just having a good time and uh, shoot many weddings as possible. And now I'm completely opposite. Now I don't shoot many weddings. I shoot very few weddings, but with a very particular approach because I want to be sure that people understood what uh, what 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 they saw, and so they can connect more with me. Does that make um, sense? Yeah, it does. Not not many of my peers in in the business I know of started on the on the cruise ships, and you did. And that's a hard, hard way to make a living, isn't it? I mean, it's not all Caribbean cruises and drink as many rum punches as the bartender will serve you, is it? it, it it's hard graft. Do you think, how important was was that graft to, to you being a photographer? I think it was, ex- I don't say extremely important, but for sure is is a part of my, of my cultural baggage for photography. I mean... Uh, I was shooting maybe in the the 2001, just a few numbers. During the gala night, I was shooting like uh, seven, eight films, roll films by 36 exposure each one in about 30 minutes, taking portraits at the, the restaurant, the gala night, or the people walking uh, in the aisle and the, the cruise ship. So I was taking many, 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 many photos, and this gave me a very quick reaction for the shooting. I mean, I'm very good composing. Photography on the cruise ship is not a very artistic photography. It's exactly the same. I remember when people, the guys from the lab, the guys was developing all the photos on the on the laboratory of the cruise ship. He asked me, please, Dennis, can you do this for the, the exposure in the restaurant? Use maybe 160 of a second. 5.6 aperture and the flash that was a big mess external flash with a huge three kilos mm. batteries okay yeah uh, I, saw a pic- I saw a picture of you exactly carrying one of those yeah, yeah. on the on the terrace on oh, no, sorry on the, on the roof yeah. and all the exposure was exactly the same for everything after let's say a million of photos on the cruise ship i can say that i'm very fast now has it also helped you with the fact that you, you don't overshoot has that changed the way that you now work in in a digital format i can say not because in the digital world you have to take care uh, more about button functions white balance uh, sharpening and all the stuff like this than in the film age you was not applying or use it 
but I think the process is exactly the same. It's always about the great photo, composition, light and moment, and it's the same that I'm doing right now with the film or digital camera, with the Leica or whatever. I'm, I'm interested in the, I'm going to go back to the honest storytelling label that you've promoted. It's, I'm wondering whether it's because you feel a fair degree of storytelling, and we talk about this on the podcast actually, is somewhat contrived. Do, do you allow yourself to, to affect the events that you shoot at all, or, or is, is that absolutely sacrosanct? You will not touch it in any way. You will just photograph what you see. Exactly, exactly. In the, exactly as you say. I do not interfere. I don't want to change. I don't want to make the plan. I don't want to change the timeline. I don't move windows. I don't change like... Uh, place of stuff I don't do absolutely nothing it's my strong ethic for my work that is based on the photojournalism so I can say that this photo is 100% honest authentic real because I didn't change nothing for happening and, and clients okay. are coming to you for that aren't they they're, they're not they're not coming to you and then changing the script after they've hired you absolutely not most of the I don't say 100% because they're always there are always little surprises or some details to manage later during the emails but usually people the people that hire me they understand my way to work and they give me complete freedom you say you're this kind of um ninja photographer now which for some people dennis might ra raise an eyebrow at least is the ninja thing how important is the ninja thing to you staying low staying invisible staying out people's way it's i think is a it's not just important it's fundamental because it's my it's my way to work during all day long so i try always to be invisible i always to be discreet i don't want to talk so much with people my my clients know that when is the time to talk when the time is to laugh i always ready there to, to to talk and to laugh with them but at the moment that we start to shoot they know that we don't not interact anymore so let's say during the getting ready when i start I don't talk anymore, maybe until the night, if I don't have to ask something very important. Wow. As, like, just a really? little extreme, but it's like this, yes. Because yeah. also I don't shoot family photos. What, what happens when people say, oh, come on, Dennis, let, let's have a couple of family photos at least. Is it, I mean, do you refuse? Let's say that so far I give another option for, for, for the bride and groom to have another photographer shooting those kind of stuff. Because let's say that my style is to document and tell the story of the wedding day. Okay, so the family photos most of the time are more important for the pe family members than for the bride and groom. They wanted this picture because the family is asking, not because they think are important. And if they hire me, it's because the style. If I'm a Ferrari and I want to be free to run everywhere, I can't drive in the traffic in the downtown in the Madison Square Garden with a Ferrari. I can't. I need another car. Does it make sense? So if you if you are shooting with Dennis all day long, okay, with a invisible and candid and documentary approach for photos, when I take family photo, it look like I don't do it this one anymore. It's like a switch. I have to take family photos. So why spend those time taking family photos when thousands of moments are happening around me, especially during the cocktail hour when people are uh, are free, are drinking, and talking, and something happens. So I don't want to lose those time. That's why if for the couple it's very important and mandatory to have family photos, I recommend to hire another photographer with me that he's helped me to shoot those kind of photos. For folk out there listening now who are putting together portfolios for their online presence, 
It's interesting to me, Dennis, that you choose to show people who aren't always necessarily looking their most engaged or, let's say, beautiful. And don't get me wrong, the shots have an integrity and beauty. But, for example, I'm just going to run through a couple of shots that I, I was... Um, I was looking at over the last couple of weeks on the site. The family eating in front of the Mexican museum, uh, mu 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 yes. musicians. Look, look. Mariachi. Yeah, they, they look tired and they look elsewhere and they don't look interested. But it's a wonderful photo because there's real humor in it, um, which I, yes. I think is, there's the guy putting the eye drops in. I mean, the little page boy picking his nose. And then, the, and then there's the flower girl, very next frame, doing the same. But this time she's bawling her eyes out. I mean, how important is it to show that side of the day when it, when it, when appealing to clients? Because a, a lot of the time, people are, are looking at weddings and they're looking for the dream, aren't they? And they're thinking that, that it's an aspirational portfolio that they're looking at. But yours isn't always aspirational. Your, yours is very honest and shows people sometimes in a light they might not necessarily enjoy. Yes, I understand your point. But also, there is so much of a standalone stereotype of photo in wedding photography so people are expecting the the penguin pose at the sunset with a silhouette or are expecting maybe the family photos or many <laughs> photos that everyone we know but the moments that are happening around are so many so i want to give it like a, a good mix of everything that's happening on the wedding days so not just the love so not just the beauty the landscape the details the details also the the humor the feelings the crazy party at night if someone is falling on the sand for example on the beach wedding i don't help this this person i shoot the picture in front of him two gigabyte of photos <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean so i want to be sure yeah. that i capture everything and this is 360 degrees scenarios of panorama about the wedding about the couple about their story so it's not just about the beauty and the love of course they will expect some photo where they look good together of course but they will also will get some photo where they will laugh a lot for something that's happening around them what what drives dennis bertie what what is your when you get up in the morning what what drives you what what makes you get out there and photograph what quite what's quite that an, what's that passion for life passion for life is music happiness spending time with my wife enjoy life and whatever i can shoot Really, uh, Neil, I am very, very easy guy, very easy going. I don't have so much like uh, inspiration. I want to be one of the best here. I want to achieve this with my work. I want just live happy. This is my only priority. So that's why I don't want to work so much with photography. You know what I mean? I mean, I shoot, I shoot, I work. I pass so much time studying, editing, do whatever I, I need to do. But I don't want to work 12 hours for a day because I want to live the life first and enjoy my photography. If photography in the, in the future, for example, uh, become just a little different, just a little more struggle or complicated, I think I will think to, to arrange a different approach for photography for, for my work in the future because I want to just live with photography as a passion. If it become a work like, like a factory or like a huge number of weddings, I can't because I want to be sure that my wedding, my photography, sorry, is just art, it's just passion. Every time that I shoot a wedding, I really enjoy it. And when will be the time that I will enjoy it anymore? Maybe we will come back and hobby and maybe we should two weddings for a year. Yes. 
because here in the place that I live, Cabo San Lucas or Los Cabos, there are many, 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 many weddings. And there is a very known and famous destination city for weddings for most American people and also Mexico. I can like start to have a relationship with hotel and shooting under weddings per year, but I don't want to do that. I prefer to shoot less wedding, but being sure that everyone that hire me, they are 100% happy with what they get. And me, first of all, I'm 100% happy with what I want. Because I, to be honest with you, saying that some, I, some type of photography, I, sometimes of photo I don't shoot on the wedding day, close me a few doors, okay? But this is not a problem for me because I want to do everything that I can to be sure that I can guarantee my way to work. Those are my rules, my way to shoot. And if the people understand, both are happy. If they understand, I explain. If they don't, after explanation, they don't understand or they don't want, perfect, I can suggest another photographer. But I want to be sure that I'm completely free to be creative, to do whatever I want. And when I can be free in the future, if I will not be free in the future for photography, is when maybe something will change. So, so far, I'm so happy. Well, Mexico's gain seems to be Europe's loss. Are you ever gonna come back to Italy? So far, I can say not. I'm so happy to live here in, in Mexico. I'm so happy to be Italian too, because uh, I'm a good mix now. But if you say, where is my house now? It's in, in Mexico. Is here in my home. So let's say I have the, the, good, the good side of both continents, okay? But I'm much more relaxed and quiet than I was 20 years ago when I was living in Italy. So much anxiety. <laughs> I, I see that. Um, we haven't really mentioned some of the amazing other things on, on the website. And I'd like people to go and look at your website um, for the, for the ag abstract tab and all those other parts of a photographer's life that are equally as important as as, um, as sometimes when you when you're able to make money out of out of it because i think the abstract work by the way dennis is 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 super really thank you um thank you very much for your time appreciate it and um i i i hope one day to come across and second shoot a wedding for you wherever you want <laughs> just give me a few hours of ad advance of time so i can pick up at the airport come with a battery charge and then we go that's it and then one day you can come over here and, and shoot the wedding in a, in a wet day in, in a swindon registry office with no windows rain and 25 people drinking cups of i tea. love it i love it <laughs> i love it <laughs> Thank you to, to Dennis Bertie for his time uh, this week on the, on the podcast. And please go check out his website. I'm sure you're going to after having heard him speak. It's amazing when, when people um, uh, like, like Dennis speak, you just want to listen to out for hours. It's like yeah. Facundo, you know. Oh, no, yeah. yeah. And they, often they start their sentences or, or whenever I interview somebody who's, um, who's, I suppose, native tongue is not English, they say, you have to forgive me my... My English is not not great, and you think it's it's perfect actually. Yeah. Excuse me, yeah. and it's more interesting than listening to um, Bob from Bradford. No <laughs> offense to anybody from Bradford, or call Bob, <laughs> or call Bob. Yeah, absolutely right. Back into oh, next week uh, on the the show, we're going to start doing um, interviews with those that will be speaking at the X Weddings Conference. Um, so uh, from next week, we thought it would be a treat to hear some of those speaking at the X Weddings Conference. And uh, in, within that, uh, um, uh, travel photographers, uh, filmmakers uh, who use the, the Fuji gear. So 
Fantastic. Looking forward to that. Mm. Um, I think it's your turn for, for a question. Okay, I have a question from uh, Timothy Binder. Binder. We can never. I can never remember. You did tell us once, Tim, how to pronounce your surname. Um, and I also do appreciate. I still have an outstanding email from you. <laughs> I realise I did say that in episode eight. Yeah. As he was but, six, and was, five, and I, four. I will. I will get to yeah. it. I will get to it. I've done mine. I've done mine. It's. Uh, this is the worst time of the year for anything other than just wedding and editing and weddings and <laughs> yeah. workshops. Anyway, um, quite an interesting question from Tim. Actually, among the gadgets that you own, is there something you wish you had never bought? Oh God, loads. <laughs> yeah. Although I'm struggling to think of one immediately off the top of my head that's not a person. I think there's one that <laughs> might. might might be hanging up close to you. It's the um, colour meter, Siconic colour meter, which, which in theory is a, a really great idea. It cost about a thousand quid. I've, I've used it what, twice. What, what am I looking at? Oh, this, this, this gritty thing. No, no. It's, it's a meter which you can, you, you, know, we, you can use to uh, measure Kelvin. Oh, this thing. Yeah. Well, there it is. It's there. It's a light meter. It's a well. It's, it's yeah. It's a light meter. And it's and it's um, and it it, it um it measures kelvin uh, values as well so that you can really properly set up your your video shoots it's really good doesn't look like it's had much use no <laughs> i'm just going to see if there's a battery in it yeah, there is a battery uh, in it if you turn it on it'll, it'll, uh, it'll work uh no i'm not going to turn it on because like me to scare me but it's uh, <laughs> so this was a thousand pounds close on yeah that wow. was a few years ago but you use it though so that can't that doesn't qualify for the question well i've only used it once or twice is there something you wish you hadn't bought okay, okay. Mm, fair enough you well, wish you hadn't lo- bought that loose, loosely i mean that's a lot of money for for not a lot of use yeah yeah okay go on have you yes i have my answer i bought a pair of Ellenchrom. um uh, are they called rangefinders or something? Rangefinder lights. Are you talk- range. You're talking about the the battery powered ones. Yeah, the re- they're meant to be able to work in like bright sunshine and stuff. Yeah, no, I'm they're, sure they're very, called, very are good. Are they called range? They're I called don't know what they're range, called. Range. Uh, somebody, somebody will tell us. Of course. Well, yeah, but the fact that I don't know what they're called probably. Alan Gump will tell us. Alan, oh, and good give us Alan, the specs and everything. Um, Yes, so, uh, but in fairness, I did have good intentions to use it, and they were very good. I'm not saying I don't, you know, I, I didn't, don't wish I didn't buy them. I didn't, I, I don't, I'm not, <laughs> get my, put my teeth in there. Yeah. I'm not saying I wish I hadn't bought them because they're not very good, because on the free, few occasions I did use them, yeah. they were excellent. Uh, but I don't use them very often, and they were about two grand. Um, two, two of them, in, and it comes in a big box. And, well, I'd like to borrow them. And do you know what I use them for now? What? I use the... Don't say you put your washing on them. No, no, no. I use them... I have all my wedding albums stacked on top of the box in my <laughs> in my old ad- albums in my studio, in my spare room in my studio. So it's good for that because it means I don't have to bend down so much to get to the albums. Yeah, yeah so that's it, Tim. Let us know. Hey, in the Facebook group, I was just about to know. say, Tim has just, uh, just entered the first official chat thing. Go yeah. pop into that Facebook group and tell us the the stuff that you've bought that you wish you hadn't. Yeah, keep it keep it clean. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. have to be photographic. Well, no, it should be. Mm-hmm. Good question, Tim. Well Thanks done, Tim. Um, Marius Peter. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Neil. Why, when I see other people's black and white pictures, um, do they look great, and when I do mine, why well, I don't like them at all? <laughs> do, you, do you need <laughs> Do you need to have an eye for that sort of thing, or is it just a matter of interpretation, appreciation of your own work? Oh dear, Mar- uh, uh, Marius, not Marcus. Did I say Marcus? Marius, Marius, you're um, uh, yeah, you're speaking my language. I think there. <sighs> I, I don't know. I mean, I, it, it is all down to interpretation. And I think with black and white work, it's very much down to subjectivity as well, because 
you know some people like the the very washed uh, black and white you know the crushed blacks mm. that's very popular at the moment mm. um that's I, me. I personally like um really deep contrasty i mean somebody said to me recently on a youtube film i can't see the blacks i can't see the blacks in your black and white I think well don't care i'm not really interested yeah 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 it's, it's not I, I mean i didn't say that it was far more polite than that but yeah, yeah but yeah. it doesn't bother me that much no 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 i i've said this a million times it would be a boring world if we were all the same yeah so and it is very subjective it's just some people are very unsubjective with their rude replies to things yes that's true the only black and white i don't really enjoy is when it's what i call a salad of gray which is there doesn't seem to be any contrast or any bite to it yeah i think uh, you know to answer that question it's if you're not happy with your black and whites then obviously you need to work on them and figure mm. them out but you know that doesn't mean they have to be exactly the same as everybody else's and often i find with black and white at least especially with black and white mm. that y- you have to take more consideration of light so a black and white image where there is a, a, a clear and concise difference between the lights, the highlights and the shadows will look better regardless of how you edit it. Uh, a black and white image that, you know, if, you, if, if you're in shade, for example, there's no kind of directional light and it's a portrait of somebody under a tree, yeah. then that probably won't look very good in black and white regardless. Stand them outside or half in the shade, half in the light, meter accordingly, and then you're going to get some contrast, you're going to get some good dynamic range in the image and the black and white will look better as a black and white because mm. there is shadow and highlight in there and that's the whole the whole thing yeah, about black yeah. and white so it could well be the subjects that you're shooting how you're shooting etc think about the light um, and also I think with black and white you can get away with a lot more with contrast and clarity and push it you know make it pop a little bit more you, latitude there's a lot more latitude with it there's a great preset in Lightroom it's been there since version 1 called Punch and it just uh, just adds a little bit of contrast and clarity, mm. and, and that gets applied to all my black and whites, and it just just lifts it up very slightly, pretty subtly. It's always um, it's always the pop. It's all about the pop punch. All about the punch. Your question, Marcus Cohen. Great show. Really enjoying the content. Thank you. My question is, how can I get my first wedding shoot? <laughs> I'm virtually ready to go. I have the camera XT3 and X100S. I have my MacBook is about to arrive. My website is under construction, and Da-da-da. most importantly, I have been taking pictures for years. I'm 48, but it's never too late to start. Have you got any tips that can help me get the first gig, please? How did you get your first wedding, Neil? It was a freebie. Yeah. So it was a friend of mine. Well, I've told this story um, mm. many times, I think, of, of my best man that said, my brother's getting married. Can you do his wedding? And yep. I said, no, not on your not in your life. Yeah. I don't want to be at somebody else's bloody wedding every Saturday was, was literally the words that, that fell out of my mouth. Yeah. After that, though, mm, I don't know. I mean, the, the first paying gig... I think I went very old-fashioned uh, in terms of advertising, and I stuck something in in a wedding magazine. I think, I think that's the way. And it, it was, um, it would have been very much along the lines of, you know, I'll come and shoot your wedding for practically free kind of advert. Can't remember the words. Yeah, that's how I got my first few gigs. Yeah. In terms of portraiture, the first, the first, um, I'll tell you what I did. The first, first, um, first thing I did was go to all the um, the rich neighbourhoods. I made up some really nice, classy-looking cards, uh, A5 cards, with some examples of some shoots I'd done with friends. And I put I put those cards. I must have gone around thousands and thousands of houses mm. in, in posh areas, and put cards in letterboxes. And that kickstarted my portrait business. Mm. Good idea. Um, but I think the answer, Footwork, Marcus, is leg work. 
is uh yeah well free is often i mean my first one was free also my first wedding so yeah think about you're 48 right so which is not you neil but marcus I wish I was. um but but that's <laughs> you're right it's not too it's never too late to start something new yeah. absolutely no. go for it get out there do it you know be brave be bold and be successful um but you will be probably at the age where most of your friends will probably already be married and settled and stuff so you're gonna you know get the word out speak to them friends of friends some of them may have um, children that are getting married by that point you know or, or certainly have yeah. friends of theirs that, that might get married you know do not be afraid to to go low ball right at the beginning but if you are offering something for free or really really cheap make sure it's on your terms and make sure it's somebody that you have a connection with i.e a friend of a friend or something don't you know I, I would never just put an advert on Facebook or something and say I'm looking to get started free yeah, wedding yeah. and then just take a complete stranger because that will just lead you to fall out of love with the industry in an instant make sure it's some, why, something why? you've got a connection because if it's if it's totally free and that's what people are looking for in terms of um, price point then it's never going to be a particularly great wedding I'm not saying never but it's unlikely to be a particularly great wedding well there is that phrase and people are the, the the ones that um, oh, I constantly hear the ones that spend the least often cause the most trouble. Yeah, I think that's true. And and you know, again, I'm not I'm not casting the net wide and far, but you know, it's it's the people that take their coffees back at Starbucks to complain it's cold are usually the ones that have drunk three quarters of it first. So you know, you 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 kind of um, you you might end up falling into that trap. So yeah. just if you are doing it, all I'm saying is if you're doing it for free or you're doing it really really cheaply, then make sure there's a connection um, yeah. because that way you'll you'll have some kind of association with it. Um, but to help you out, Marcus, I am going to send you a strap. To go, oh. to go with your XT3, oh, your X100S, your MacBook, your new website, and now you can have a new simpler strap yeah. as well. Well done. I'm being all smug because I thought I was going to be the first one in there with a strap this week, and uh-huh. I thought, he's forgotten, he's forgotten, I'll get in there. Because my strap is going to this guy, Tommy Martikainen, um from, is it Tam- Tampere, I think, in uh, in Finland. Now, a little dance joy. Um, because I, I don't think we have many listeners in Finland, so welcome aboard, Tommy. What was that you just did? It's my little dance of joy in my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> so it looked a bit dark. <laughs> Hello, Neil and Kevin. First of all, I wanted to thank you guys for creating this podcast. One of the best days within a w- within a week when a new episode comes out. Keep up the good work. We will try. Have a lovely week. We'll have a go at that too. I have a question for you too. What's the most important? I like that. The reason I this is coming from a totally different angle and you'll understand it when i say what's the most important thing for you in photography have you also treated your mental health with photography now that that might not be coming across quite the way you're reading or hearing it i'm i'm reading it but i i think i know what he means because um i don't i don't believe i have um any issues in that department i hope i don't and and, you know due respect to those that do struggle with it um, but uh, in terms of how I feel when I when I shoot a wedding, I have to say that if if I have my uh, heart monitor on on the watch, hmm. my heart really slows down. I've, I've, I I find it one of the most uh, quiet experiences, even though there might be 150 people around me. It's almost like I feel like I'm drifting through the crowd looking for pictures rather than running backwards and forwards like a Jack Russell. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that's what Tommy means. I, yeah. I, I, th- I think I think making pictures for me 
is and and editing is actually one of the calmest things I, I can find. I'd like to refer Tommy to a friend of mine called Paul Sanders, who is a, another Fujifilm ex photographer. He's a brilliant photographer. Amazing. He used to be the Times picture editor, in yeah, fact. Yeah. And I know that he's struggled in the past with um, with issues like this. And he's he's basically built um, he's built his photography around mindfulness. Oh. So, and you can see it in his pictures; they're beautiful, beautiful pictures. They're mostly landscapes, yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah. he'll take himself off to the Lake District or yeah. whatever. And, and did he do that because of issues with mental health? Um, uh, yeah, I, I no. I mean, he was always ever since I've known him, he's been a great photographer yeah. and. Um, Light and land, there you go. Light and land. Okay. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Um, Looking it up now. And uh, you know, he's he's really. Oh, look at these pictures. He, he's a really nice guy. He's got a really really good kind of um, attitude to to life and to photography. And and he connects the dots. He connects the he connects the fact that photography should be about um, enjoyment and should be about you know getting rewards from it and and he's not a wedding photographer he's not really a person photographer but he will you know i i always i always imagine he's like a fisherman of photography mm. so he'll sit on the side of a river and wait for six hours oh, look at this get a venice picture. picture look at that yeah they're amazing amazing wow. so paul sanders is um yeah uh, i mean he uh, the reason why i'm deferring to him is because i i really uh, thankfully i suppose don't have any experience in that that area mm. But but Paul will, and um, you know, even if you just look at his pictures and it make you smile, then that's a good thing, right? Well, he, he does go on, Tommy, to write. Um, it, it used to help me a lot; might even save my life. Back in the day, when I was well overloaded with work and other things in life that really kicked me in the face, I'm happy to say I found this form of art, and thankfully now I even get paid for doing it. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, and you know, it's, it's got me thinking. Paul Sanders, we should get him on the show. Yeah, <clears throat> definitely. Um, the, um, if you go to lightandland.co.uk, have a look at his website. I haven't looked for such a long time. And my loss, I think. Look at this. Amazing work. Anyway, your question. Last one, I think. Yes. Oh, no, we haven't done... i tell you what we haven't. We'll have to do it next week. I said it was a return of... It was a return of doing um, uh, the, the the reviews, um, the, the self-indulgent moment, and we had some funny ones sent in. We'll, we'll do that next week. So you, you do okay. another question, then that's Okay, it. okay, okay. Uh, right, okay, this is from uh, Samuel Meggs. Um, doesn't say... Oh, Canada. Uh, Prince Edward County, Canada. Mm. Uh, great nice. podcast. Love listening while driving. Great way to make a long trip fly by. I'm going to carry... I'm going to read out all of these things now because I've gotten so much <laughs> trouble for not reading them out. Um, <laughs> well, no, so. people are really um, sort of... <laughs> Yaddy, 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 yeah. yaddy, yaddy. <laughs> My question is for both of you. What is your favourite moment to capture at a wedding? Beyond the kind of standard moments, is there a moment at every wedding you really want to make sure you can capture above, above others? As an example, I love to capture the second dance with a couple. By, oh, that, by yeah. then, a lot of hoopla and attention. Hoopla, that's such a nice word. Hoopla. Hoopla. Um, I like the word twine as well. I'm Do really, you? I really like the word twine. It's like an ASMR show. Yeah, hoopla and twine. Imagine hoopla and twine together. Twine. Um, <laughs> twine. Hoopla. And attention. Uh, sorry. Oh, oh, sorry, um, Sam. We'll get back to you in a second. Uh, <laughs> We're with you. By then, a lot of the hoopla and attention is gone, and it seems like a moment that is just genuinely them, where they get to take a breath and take each other in. Uh, that's a good question, isn't it? Mm. What is your favourite picture, type of picture to get at a wedding? What do you kind of love? Um, I'm a soft old sausage. I really like um, the exchange between fathers and daughters. Um, 
I like the hugathon part of the uh, the day. That for me is. Uh, Bread and butter. Is, that's is the bread, bread and butter. Is, yeah, but that's bread yeah. and butter, so it doesn't sound like it should be special, but mm. it is. That's mine, yeah. 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 Without that hugathon. And that's why it's sometimes if um you, you get a um you know, a vicar or a priest or, or whatever that says you can't come in the church. Mm. And I think, Oh no, I'm missing all these amazing, you know, incredible sort of these emotive moments where they're looking at each other and thinking, We've only got them done it. Yeah. Yeah. How much is this costing us? <laughs> well, hopefully not, they're not thinking like that. Yeah. What about you? Well, I like um, I, I like it when the bride and groom see each other for the first time mm. on the wedding day or mm. touch each other. Mm. And, and now this this manifests slightly different in the UK than it does in somewhere like the United States where they have um, that first look thing. So oh, they, I wonder what you meant by, by touching each other. Warning, warning. I thought, oh my God, they get to see, go to those kind of gigs. They get to see each other in the morning before the wedding, which to me seems bit odd but yeah. that's you know that's, it's that's american it. way of doing things yeah, it's yeah. A, absolutely um so what i like it is when the when the groom doesn't look up the aisle when the bride's walking down the aisle i like that and yeah. I, I kind of uh, when the when the, the registrar says you should look up the aisle now i'm like no don't mm. wait until she gets the front then turn around right the last minute and that's when they first that eye contact mm. so the importance is is getting the timing right so when the eye contact is between the two of them um, because that is the first time they've seen each other on their, their 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 wedding day, and then if that if that doesn't come come about, the first time that they, you know, they will always, you know, they'll just touch their little fingers, or yeah. there'll be a little mm. a little kind of connection at yeah. the front of the aisle or the front of the altar, at the front of the um, uh, the, 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 wherever they get married, and that's the first time on their wedding day that they have connected, touched each other. And that's that to me. That moment they touch each other—that's the spark. That is the start of their forever. That, yeah. that time they touch each other, because that's the first time they're connected on the wedding day physically. Um, and I think that's that's a really precious moment. I think I like people very uh, much underestimate if you're not, if you're not a wedding shooter. And I know this is uh, often quite wedding centric, um, but um, the. The, the the privilege you you receive as a, as a human being of being at somebody else's event like this, I always remember um, making a picture of a of a bride who um, had uh, had told her father um, to to read a reading, and her, her father had told her the and I've got this picture in my portfolio. The father had said the the night before the the wedding at the uh, the rehearsal dinner, he said, um, "I'm not going to read that reading that you gave me." Uh, tomorrow she said right okay i'm, I'm going to read you something i wrote and and um so it comes to the day and he starts to read this reading and i'm looking over his shoulder i'm looking directly at the at the bride who i think at pretty much the same moment as i realized although her expression is a million a billion dollars um, when when she realises that what he's reading is actually a letter that he wrote to her on the day she was born, mm. I mean they're, they're they're special moments and and privileged moments and moments that actually only we and the vicar get to see. You're yawning. <laughs> I know. Well, actually, <laughs> it's my story. We, we, we have heard that before as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! All right, I'm going to move on. Then. <laughs> oh, it's just like being married. It really is, <laughs> without the conjugal rights. Uh, thank you very much this week for your attention. Um, oh, by the way, the, the Facebook group, which is now open, is going to be probably the best place. Is it one of the best places, along with the website, to announce our competition winners? Oh, we'll do it in both places still. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Although I'm not putting the strap winners on the website, by the way. Are you not? No, because okay. there's just too many of them. But any competition winners will be on the website and on the Facebook group, yeah. 
So, if you've liked this week's show, I'm going to ask you something extra this week. Um, can you help us by doing something that's going to go a long way to getting the Fuji cast out there? And I know it's been very, very good and very well supported, and we thank you very much for it. But uh, we'd like to build the community, the audience, and, and not just for Fujifilm people as well. We'd like to invest more time in recording interviews. We'd like to take the show on the road, doing that in Brighton, all that kind of stuff. So, if you leave a review, you're a star. If you can share in any way... Preferably five stars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you can share in any way, yes, five stars, say through a Facebook group you're a member of, Twitter or, or whatever, you are a, a complete legend. Takes a couple of seconds, but we really would appreciate it. Thank you very much. Music from Blue Wednesday. Uh, big love to our friends at Simpler, S-I-M-P-L-R dot U-S. Simpler straps are letting us give away another camera strap each to our favourite email questions of the week. Pay off. We still haven't done it, have we? We still got Rosa. I, I, last night I got the little microphone uh, to get to the house and didn't do it. Oh, God, here's Rosa there. My dad's Instagram is Kevin Mullins Photography. See his films on YouTube at Documentary Eye. His website is kevinmullinsphotography.co.uk. Or for street workshops, training, and everything Fujifilm, go to f16.clip. I almost got uh, Dennis Bertie to do our payoffs because he has such an amazing voice. But it's going to be Thomas for me. My dad's Instagram is Neil James. See his films on YouTube at Neil James Photo. His website is neiljames.com for pictures and one-to-one mentoring. And you can hear his other photography podcast, which is called Breathe Pictures, wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, and don't forget his name is spelled N-E-A-L-E. Okay, thank you very much this week. We will be back with you on the podcast next week. See you. Bye-bye. Email the show with your questions and words of wisdom to click at fujicast.co.uk. Email any complaints and political nonsense to our wives who will deal with your comments in their own good time and in their own good way.